0: Well, hello, it's time once again for another episode of the Army of Game Changers podcast. I'm your host, Vipe Desai, and today I've got my friend Matt Martelli on to open up about his career and leadership insights. From skateboarding films to producing Jim Gymkhana, the most successful viral automotive video franchise, and now working to build one of the most exciting sports properties with the Mint 400 Off-Road Race Series. Matt is one of the most creative minds I've ever worked with and after this episode, you'll know what drives him to work so hard and the lessons he's learned along his journey. So let's jump into that conversation.
1: So Matt, it's great to catch up with you, it's been a while, Uh, fill me in, what's going on in your world, how's family and what are you working on? Man, uh, Yeah, it's been too long, we need to get together more. family's good uh life is really good um lots of lots to do lots of challenges but a lot of fun i actually just literally came back from china uh where i was out uh in in inner Mongolia looking at uh, the possibility of doing an off-road race there so it was a really fun and cool trip nice Now, let's talk a little bit about uh, the history. You know, you started out in skateboarding, and now you've ended up in off-road racing and so many things in between. Give a quick overview of that. Sure, yeah. I mean, I was, you know, a, a poor kid from Kalamazoo, Michigan, and fortunate that my parents relocated us to San Diego, so I got dropped into, you know, the explosion of skate and surf culture but alongside that, off-road was also a part of the, the regional culture. And, you know, from, from day one, that was a part of, you know, our local DNA of what we did. We all skateboarded and surfed, and we went to Glamis on the weekends and rode dunes and then went and off-roaded in, in the deserts east of San Diego and then Baja, of course. You know that love story. That continues today. So, you know, um, fast forward. You know, as a creative, I ended up working with skateboard brands and then same at, at agencies. And then, you know, uh, we kind of grew Mad Media relatively quickly and, and found the ceiling in action sports as far as, you know, budgets and, and what we could do with those budgets. And we moved into automotive, um, with the production of the first three Chimacana films and then you know more and more into off road which was a space that we loved because you know that was our culture um so you know ever since then you know that's it's been unfortunately it's been 20 years i think now but uh we've we've been doing a lot of work in off road space since yeah i mean it's been a while i remember um early on being introduced to off road racing and that was through you and your crew at mad media um, and I mean, I can't believe it's been 20 years, but, you know, was Jim Connor, you mentioned it just a second ago, was Jim Connor the breakout for you guys? Because that is an amazing franchise. Yeah, I mean, it was in the sense of, you know, we broke everything. And, um, when I say that, it was, you know, still to this day is, you know, the most significant automotive film, you know, in the last 30 years. And, you know, it, it really, all it was for us was a skateboard f- film with a car. And that was the idea, and, and as well as to get attention for rally racing, because, you know, we were, we were out shooting a rally with Ken and Pastrana, and they were doing these incredible performances, and we would come back from that and be like, hey, everybody, we won, it was spectacular, and nobody cared. So we needed to find a way where we could, you know, show people how remarkable the drivers and vehicles were in a condensed format. And it's really where Jim Connell was born from. I mean, fortunately, we had this longstanding relationship with Ken Block, who, you know, everybody knows him as the marketing genius that he is. So, you know, he had just sold uh DC and he had some of his own money invested in racing and and starting this whole thing. And, and uh you know, we were fortunate to be, you know, in that space with him and, and create, you know, something that changed automotive forever. And still to this day, you know, what you see as other viral uh, automotive films are, you know, copies or, or you know, of that. Um, and some of them are getting pretty creative, which I'm stoked on. But, um, you know, again, it was the idea was it was going to be a skateboard film with a car. And the idea definitely worked. Yeah, I still remember that, uh, first film and it's like, it never gets old. It's still ex- as exciting as it is today, but it's also exciting how you've, uh, transitioned that same type of creative process into the off-road scene. Uh, the mid-400, that's your baby and it's like, you're spinning off all these other pieces off of it, like films and everything. How did that come about? <laughs> it's funny because, you know, we talk about being raised in this culture of action sports. And so I'm not a baseball fan or a football fan or even basketball. Like when people start talking to me about that stuff and my eyes glaze over, but I grew up in action sports and, and off-road and, and, and MMA. But, you know, we had this opportunity to buy the brand by the name, the mid 400. We were working with a small league that had brought it back and, and they were having some, some challenges and to me I'm like oh this is like buying Wrigley Field it's it's like buying Wrigley Field and the and the Boston Red Sox all wrapped up in one package and so I didn't know how to do an event I didn't know really where we were going to go with it I just knew that that the brand the property was valuable so we bought it and fortunately we were able to put on a race with the help of Best in the Desert there's a Guy who ran it, uh, who's since passed Casey Folks, and fortunately, you know, he was a big, passionate guy and very well organized. And I was, you know, I went to him and said, "Hey, you know, we want to do this in a in a way that hasn't been done before. Will you help us?" And you know, he he was a hundred percent in. And so, you know, our goal with it was to turn it in from or turn it from a you know small off road race that had some history to not just the biggest off-road race, but X Games for for off-road, and, you know, we're well on that path. Yeah, I know. I've really enjoyed uh, watching that property flourish. Uh, You know, when you first bought it, I was was scratching my head going, man, what's Matt doing? And I knew you had a plan there and everything, but seeing it, and I went to one of the races one year and saw everything that you do in Vegas for it. It's incredible. It's it's such a lively property, Um, so congratulations on that. Um,
0: no, you know, thank you.
1: It's, it's been challenging, but it's been a lot of fun, you know. Well, it looks like it. I mean, everything that you guys put out looks like it's a lot of fun. So, uh, you know, you, you're doing something right and you're growing something. And what, what I've also seen is that your creativity from bringing that skateboard mindset into the auto industry and the off road racing has really catalyzed a lot more excitement around those sports and those categories. I mean, the four Jim Cana. I don't think I ever heard anybody talk about Formula Drift, you know, and after the Mint 400, I didn't, I, you know, or before the Mint 400, I didn't really hear too many people talk about off-road racing um, because it just didn't seem that it was that big, but you see the trucks, you see the conditions that these guys perform in, and it's amazing. And you found a way to capture it to help tell the stories of all these different teams and racers and the, the challenges and the successes that come along the way. So, I I, I can see where that carries through from the skateboard culture. Yeah, I mean, you and I were fortunate in that we we lived within this space and geographic location where we saw this happen with X Games. I mean, you remember action sports prior to X Games? It was a thriving culture. But if you told somebody, "Yeah, me and my buddy Tony Hawk just won this contest," nobody cared. Nobody had. They didn't have a reference point. And so, you know, similar to X Games, our goal was to raise it to a level where it was the new reference point for, for what off-road racing is. And, um, you know, we've definitely done that, but we've, we've still got a long ways to go. And, you know, we're, we're passionate about the culture and the product. And we think we have something that, you know, is for lack of a better comparison, but the next UFC. Um, so, you know, we're going to continue to build it and do other races as well in other ge- geographic locations and, you know, and, and show the world how awesome this form of racing is and, and really this culture as well as a, as a day to day, day in, day out culture of, you know, taking your family and going out off-roading on the weekends, um, you know, how valuable that is. Yeah, well, you're well on your way uh, to doing that. I, I constantly see that sport evolving and getting more exciting and everything. So keep it up. So look, let's pivot into career. You've had this amazing trajectory of creativity. What are some of the career lessons and that you've learned along the way, and what can you share with my listeners? Well, there's a lot, but... You know, I've done a lot of things wrong as well as right, and, you know, probably the biggest thing is that as quick as possible, you have to decide, you know, what you want to do, what what is going to motivate you and make you happy. You know, I wake up every morning and I'm honestly stoked, you know, like, yeah, there's a lot of work, you know, I've got to do all the the ugly things like accounting and and all that, but I never wake up and go, man, I'm bummed, I I don't want to go to work, and, that's really the reason why I started this and I, I went from working at an advertising agency to starting Mad Media is I had that feeling, you know, and, and I love being creative. It's really what drives me, you know, in, in all spaces. And I just got to a point in my, my early career where, you know, I excelled very quickly. Computers had just, you know, come uh, to fruition in, in the in graphic design and, and multimedia and video and you know i i knew the technology i knew the craft and so i climbed very quickly and i realized like this isn't where i want to be so i think that's the most important thing because i i don't know how people are motivated beyond you know uh, that type of a situation you know it's like i every day i'm trying to do more and more and and create more and and, and take advantage of opportunity um, so I think that's really the, the biggest first thing is like you have to decide whether it's working for a company, what field, uh, you know, whether it's being an entrepreneur, um, you have to make that decision and go. And you do that and you're going to be happy and you, that happiness is going to give you power to succeed. But the other thing is look at what your future is going to be, at what you want it to be, right? And Aim, aim there and craft that life for yourself. You know, I think one bad trait that we have as Americans is we chase the dollar and the dollar, the dollar doesn't mean anything if you have a hollow existence. You know, all the money in the world can't buy happiness. We know that, that story, but you know, um, if you focus on your craft and if you work your, your ass off, you will, you will be successful, especially in this country. There's so much opportunity. It's just mind-blowing, you know. Um, so I think that's, those are my two biggest things as far as recommendations go. No, that's great. Those are really important tips there. And, look, you went from working with other people, and now you have your own agent. You're the lead principal, but you've got all these other projects as well. Talk to me about evolving from, you know, your career into a leader and what are some of the lessons that you learned and what are, what are some of the advice that you can give to other people that are in leadership positions? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I still learn lessons all the time about being a leader and, and trying to improve on it. But the big one is that I don't believe that you can lead from the back. Um, I think you have to lead from the front and you have to show your people that you're you're accessible that, you know, you're going to be somebody that they can speak with and, um, you know, and and just really lead from the front and not be afraid to get your hands dirty. Um, You know, there's all sorts of different business structures. And fortunately or unfortunately, you know, we grew up in a market where, or we grew up in a culture where, you know, being the CEO 10 times removed in a giant building wasn't admirable. You know, what was admirable to the people the entrepreneurs that i, I was around and that you were around, you know where they were hands on they were accessible they were they were you know walking in every day with new ideas and inspiring people, and really the catalyst for these companies to succeed you know I mean what would Quicksilver be without Danny clock like there's all these companies and examples where you know either they've been successful um or they've become unsuccessful because that that person is gone and there isn't, there isn't a leader in that company that really is inspiring to people. I think, you know, at the end of the day, people are very simple. The psychology is very simple. They want to be involved with something that they can look at and go, hey, yeah, this is the team I'm on. I feel inspired. You know, I can walk home to my wife or the other way around to my husband and go, I'm a part of this and it feels good. You know, of course, money is a catalyst as well, but that, that sense of belonging, uh, I think is the most important catalyst. I think that gets you the most. And for me, you know, that's the way I am. Uh, that's the way I'm designed. I feel guilty if I'm not out there leading. Um, so that, that's really, you know, my biggest thing for leadership. I mean, uh, all, everything that I've learned has been, you know, in the field. I don't have an MBA. Um, it's been practical knowledge and, and a lot of doing stuff the wrong way and going, okay, that didn't work. I need to make an adjustment. And that, that truthfully, that still goes on to this day. But I think, you know, when you look at the entrepreneurs that inspire me, you know, they're people that, you know, like I'll use Branson, Richard Branson is one of my best ones. Like he's still doing stuff that's completely radical, I mean, if I was going to go work for a company, he'd be the first person I would call and I would say, hey, I don't know where I sit, but I want to work for you, work for you because you inspire me.
0: You know, and
1: again, it's like there's a lot of businesses that work a lot of different ways. But in my experience of what we do, you know, that's that's the way that, you know, people will get in file and follow you. And in our situation, we're doing very difficult, physically demanding, even dangerous things. So, you know, it, it's always been this interesting psychological study of, like, how do you willingly get somebody to lose sleep, be in weather that's 130 degrees, you know, and get really uncomfortable? And and you, I do it by saying, hey, we're going to create something that's going to change not just Sell a product, but it's going to change culture. We're we're culturally engineering through content, and you have an opportunity to be a part of this and to say that you not only did, not only did you create this piece with us, but you changed culture, and that's that's what we're after. And and uh, it's all, again, it's always an interesting thing in psychology where I look at people and I can you know I wonder like, okay, is this person really going to do what it takes? to not just be successful in this one piece of content or this one shoot, but in their lives, you know? Um, So the only way I can do that is to be out there and go, okay, I'm going to be there. I'm going to lose sleep. I'm going to sweat. I'm going to be out there with you um, leading from the front. Now, well, Matt, great tips, great advice. I knew that you would deliver Um, what an amazing journey and love everything that you're doing. Can't wait to meet up with you. Hey, if people want to keep up with you and see all the killer things that you're working on, where can they do that? Easy. It's madmedia.com, our our website, or, you know, we, of course, like everybody else are, are posting everything we can on social media. So our Facebook or Instagram, but uh, madmedia.com, everything's there. Um, And then uh, min400.com and, don't worry, we're inventing more stuff. So there'll be more to come. I love it. That's what I want to hear. I can't wait to see the new stuff coming down the pipe. Thanks so much, Matt. Uh, thank you for the opportunity, Bye.
0: Now, if you want to see the level of creativity that Matt and his team put forth, just Google Jim Gymkhana or the Mint 400 and you'll see what I mean. It's absolutely amazing work. I hope you enjoyed this episode because the idea behind the Army of Game Changers podcast is to share as many inspirational messages from my guests so that you can start making an impact with your personal and professional journey. I'd love to hear from you and how my guests are making a difference in your life. So hit me up at Vipe Desai on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. My guests and I want to see you succeed, so keep your head down, stay focused, and keep pushing towards your dream. Thanks again for joining me, and we'll be back soon with another amazing episode on the Army of Game Changers podcast.